Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back. It's August 31st. This is your boy Hirsch with the Respect Our Decision podcast. And with me, as always, is Mike. What's going on? And the hype man, Wes. What's good, Gator Nation? What's good? It's game week, baby. It's game week. Well, guys, we got another jam-packed episode for you today. We're going to be doing a little talk about Utah. As always, we got recruiting to talk about as well. So before we begin, guys, we just want to remind y'all to download us on all your providers and turn your notifications on for every time we upload a new episode. We got a lot more content to come. Just make sure y'all go ahead and subscribe. We um, you know, as always, we can be found on all your major platforms: Apple, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, you name it, we're there. And don't forget, guys, about our YouTube channel. We just hit 100 subscribers today. We want to say a big thank you to everyone for that. Big, big milestone there for us. Make sure you go check us out on YouTube. Respect our decision. And as always, we want to give a big special thanks to our first patron, Utah Gator725. If you want to support us as creators, guys, you can find us on Patreon. You can go to Respect Our Decision on Patreon. And, you know, any little bit helps whatever you feel like you might want to, you know, help us to provide great content for y'all. we got a lot more coming, including special interviews and exclusive content that'll be just exclusive to our Patreon. So, guys, with that being said, we got a very special announcement. We would like to announce our very first sponsor for the show that we just came 
to be uh, in agreement with this week, Camwood Supplements. Camwood Supplements is run by Levi Deese. He's very, very diehard gator. Great guy. So, so if you guys are out there looking for clean and transparent supplements to help with energy in the gym or your digestive system or your recovery, Camwood Supplements provides customers with products that have clean yet effective ingredients. They strive to help athletes and customers feel safe about what they're putting in their bodies. They have helped countless customers feel better and take control of their health. Whether you need the pre-work, pre-workout before the gym, super greens to help with the digestive system and bloat, or recovery to hydrate after a long day of tailgating, Camwood Supplements is all for you guys. Yes, so sir. go to their website, camwoodsupplements.com. Enter promo code RESPECT20. Save you some 20% there. And we appreciate, once again, Camwood Supplements for being our first sponsor. Look forward to a healthy relationship. So with that being said, guys, let's get to a, let's get to some, some information here. We're going to go ahead and start talking about recruiting like we always do. And this week, what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and start out talking about um, some of our commits and, and how they did Friday night, week one, high school football. And for that, we're going to let uh, Wes go ahead and give us a little information about some of those guys. Yeah, appreciate that, Hurst. Um, first off, I want to talk about Treon Webb. Uh, he's been a, one of the lead recruiters in our class. Uh, he's a legacy uh, kid. Um, last Friday, he had 191 yards on uh, 18 attempts. That's averaged out to be about 10.6 yards average. He had a long of 57 yards, had uh, three TDs, actually had the game ceiling TD. Um, so uh, he displayed the ability to break tackles on one of his runs. I, I did see that uh, he got hit maybe at the two or three yard line and uh, took it forward and scored. So uh, big, big shout out to Treon. Uh, uh, he's our only running back committing the class. So he did very, very well last Friday. Uh, guys got anything you want to say about Treon? Yeah, he just showed the ability to make big plays when it needed to happen. Um, they, they're in a tight ball game. I want to say they're up like uh, by one, one or two points. Um, and and uh, like, like you said, he had the game seal and TD. Just rose to the occasion when it needed to be done. Big players make big time plays. And um, like you like you alluded to, he um, just like I saw a few clips of him just breaking multiple tackles, showing that necessary grip. And he's not necessarily the biggest back, like maybe like a Richard Young, but sometimes that doesn't matter. It's how you take the hit and keep on trucking. So, what do you think, Hirsch? That kid is a is a baller, man. Um, just watching the clips of his game, incredible leg drive, fighting through tackles, everything you want to see out of a back you know, fighting for the extra yardage, even when it wasn't there, you know, pushing through arm tackles. He's going to be a solid player for us. I, I got a good feeling the kid loves being a Gator, and um, he's, he's going to show out this year now that he's healthy. Yeah, glad that you said that part, Hirsch. Uh, I, that was one of my guys that I thought was going to rise. So, uh, look, I, I kind of hope and feel that he will rise in the, in the rankings, uh, being that this will be a healthy year for him. Uh, next on the list, Eugene Wilson. He had a pick. Two weeks ago, and then had another one on Friday. Uh, per Bert, uh, Blake Adelman uh, from two four seven, he scored a, a, a few TDs on offense. And as I said, he had another INT. Um, he's not one that we talked about maybe rising, but how do you guys feel about him? He had another still. That's two picks in two weeks. How do you guys feel about him playing both ways as well? 
I mean, I'd, I mean, for the team, if I was a teammate of him, sure, I'd like him on both ways. As a fan, I do not want him on defense at all. Um, so that's just, you know, that's just how I feel about that, I, you know, to be selfish. But, um, no, I definitely see him rising. He's already, I think, week one he was, or week zero better yet for them. Uh, he was on, like, the top ten players of the country for our performances for on three. So he's definitely shown his consistency with his play. Um, I see him I mean, a big-time riser and finishing and maybe in the top 80 in the country overall. So I'm definitely looking forward to that and his speed coming to Gainesville. Kid, kid's a playmaker. Big-time yeah. players make big-time plays. It don't matter where they're playing on the field. And, um, two weeks, two, two, two weeks of highlights. I mean, the kid is just phenomenal. Like Mike alluded to, I think he's going to shoot up the rankings I think he may even get higher than 80, top 80. I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about the rankings before. I mean, they may not weigh his play as heavily as it should be, you know, based on what evaluators, quote, unquote, saw in camps. So we'll just have to we'll have to wait and see where that goes. But the, but the highlight reel don't lie. The kid can play, and he's exactly. going to be a big-time playmaker, I got a feeling, here in Gainesville. Glad he's a Gator man. Um, I'm gonna run through the rest of these guys a little bit. Um, touched on uh, Webb and Wilson, uh, Creed Whitmore, playing quarterback in high school. Uh, he he and uh, fellow uh, Gator commit Gavin Hill they faced off against another Gator, Jaden Robinson. Uh, Whitmore had a long run that was trending, sixty-six uh, yard TD run to show his athleticism, show what he could do. Uh, as a weapon that we were using with uh, Jaden Robinson had a nice night as well. Um, another, uh, I think that was trending as well. Gator on Gator violence, unquote, um, as he laid the wood to uh, Whitmore on one of his deep passes. Um, but uh, those kids had a, a good game and they talked after the game. It was good to see those guys together uh, uh, breaking bread. Uh, Marcus Stokes, uh, uh, quarterback uh, in the class, uh, he took a, t- a tough loss to Pup Howard's team. That's a kid that we're trying to recruit and flip from USC. Uh, he was under pressure the whole night, though. He didn't pull up a lot of stats. Um, he did get injury, but it didn't appear to be uh, real serious. Uh, but there's been a lot of speculation and talk about him not putting up numbers. But if you watch the film, uh, that kid's offensive line is not really, really, really good. Um, and and that kind of dictates uh, his numbers. So uh, hopefully uh, they can fix that. It was weak. Week one, I believe, for Stokes, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been week two, but I think it was week one. So that kind of something that the hopefully his high school coaches can get fixed. Um, Kevin Collins, uh, the guy from Alabama, he had eight tackles, two tackles for loss, and he had a sack on the night. Uh, big kid. I uh, love what he put on film. Uh, so that was good to see him uh, have a good night. Aiden Mazel, uh, there was something that he tweaked his knee. We got word back that it's not too serious. So hopefully he, he'll be able to be on uh, on the field on Friday. Uh, and a 2024 uh, commit, you know, I love the 2024 Not a guys. commit, but hopefully. Oh, excuse me. I say commit. Excuse me. I'm speaking in existence. That's my guy. Knock, you know I love knock, the 2024 Knock on wood. I can't knock on because that's my guy. He's coming like uh, one of the other guys. We, called, we, but, yeah. Fans, we can't, we can't help but mention <laughs> and talk about DJ Lagway. This kid has generated that much excitement, and yeah. we all want him to be a Gator. So we're going to talk a yeah. little bit about DJ Lagway. Yeah. Um uh, he like like Hurst and Mike said, he's not committed in the class yet. Um, I think he said uh, last week though that he did want to commit 
after the season. I know it was like two weeks, three weeks ago that it was said that he wanted to commit like next summer, maybe in the springtime. But April. now is like April. But now the word is uh, that he wants to commit after his uh, his junior year. So that may be good for us, um, being that we are we in that fight with him. He had a spectacular night. Uh, he had he was twenty one for thirty seven for three hundred and forty three yards and six TDs. Added another rushing TD on the ground with seven rushes for 102 yards. Um, that's a total of seven TDs, guys. Uh, the final score was 73 to 14. I mean, that was sick. Uh, he did make on three uh, week one standouts per Charles Power, Texas High School Player of the Week. I mean, that kid is just a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal quarterback, uh, good person. Uh, he, he interacts with uh, with everybody. So, uh, you guys, got anything you want to say about Lagway? I know we talked about Eugene and. Uh, and we're up earlier, but this guy is a key guy that we can get in the 2024 class. You guys have anything you want to say about him? That's your boy, Hurst. Take it first. <laughs> <laughs> I can't rave about the young man enough. Um, I've I've tweeted about him a couple of times from our podcast account, and he has taken the time to respond both times to the compliments that we have given him and has been nothing but just as nice and complimentary as a young man of his age can be, which says a lot about him as a person and his family. Um, And if you watch the video that we retweeted out uh, a few weeks back that documented his visit to Florida for Friday Night Lights, you can just see what a well-rounded young man he is and and how nice a man his father is as well, because his father was with him on the visit. And, um, I, I don't put a lot of emphasis on must gets or this kid is a can't miss. But right now, with the way you've positioned yourself, not only with with 2024, but the way you've positioned yourself in the recruiting of 2023 and stopped, basically made it known that you're done recruiting quarterbacks for this year, you have moved on to 2024. You've you've put your eggs in the DJ Lagway basket. I mean, they're there. So you got to do whatever it takes to get this kid closed out. I mean, there there I know Texas AM is going to be a factor. I know Oklahoma is gonna be a factor. At some point, you've got to be a factor in the QB recruiting. I mean, you can't just you've got to put it down. If you were willing to put up whatever it took for Jalen Rashada. You have to go above that for this kid because he's that talented. Yes. Mike? And he plays baseball, so. Um, but, no, I think the numbers speak for themselves. And also, you know, like Wes said, you know, he made the uh, on three week one standouts of the week um, as a junior. So um, that's He made the week of, zero as well. Oh, my. my no, no, me. I'm just saying. And that was – I think that was a, uh, a jamboree or something of okay. that nature. But he made the list for the week zero as well. Yeah, in Texas, I have, you know, that is the, you know, number uh, second best state in terms of uh, football talent in the country, and he's Texas football player of the week. So, I mean, the talents, you know, with the numbers, they all speak for themselves. Um, Hirsch pretty much said everything, so I won't, you know, expand on that. But at the end of the day, he's a uber-talented individual who's a must-get for the 24th cycle. Absolutely. And speaking of 2024 kids, um, real quick before we move on, uh, just a reminder that tomorrow is the first official day that coaching staffs can contact 2024 recruits. So you'll probably see 
if you're on Twitter and whatnot, you'll probably see a lot of 2024 kids talking about things of that nature in the next day or so about coming in contact with Florida or, you know, whatever school is recruiting them. So things are really about to open up from that end. So moving on from that, guys, it's Utah week, like we all know. And sticking with recruiting, we're going to go ahead and before we get into the game and talking about Utah coming to town, we're going to talk about some visitors coming to town. And, man, I'm telling you, this visit list right now is loaded. Now, it doesn't hurt being the only show in town, but you know what? This coaching staff's taking advantage of it. Loading up on prospects, not just – I mean, you're – if you look at the list, our committed kids that are just showing up for this game, I mean, Cameron James, Kelby Collins, Aiden Mazel, Jakeen Jackson, Isaiah Nixon, Jordan Castell, Trayvon Webb, Eugene Wilson, Jaden Robinson, Marcus Stokes, TJ Searson, Galvin Hill, Sharif Denson, Creed Whitmore. I mean, that is the majority of our commit list coming into town not only to watch us play, but to do a little recruiting of their own probably while they're here. I mean, and that can be tremendously helpful to have that many committed bodies around these other kids. So, you not only do you have those committed kids, but then it's been well documented. Cormani McLean is going to be there. Hot off the hills of coming for Friday Night Lights. Dejon Johnson Coming back into town. And then you've got what I think, besides obviously, Cormani speaks for himself, but the most important maybe recruit that we have coming this weekend, left for maybe for the 2023 cycle, aside from the defensive lineman that we'll talk about on another episode, is a four-star offensive tackle, Caleb Lou out of uh, Arizona. Because the, as we've spoken on many times, the offensive line board is dwindling and um, having to be reshaped. And this was one of those kids that, after we missed on a couple of prospects, after we missed on the couple of kids that went to FSU, the staff was very quick to pivot and offer this young man. So he'll come to town. I think it's a. I think he needs a full court press. We'll have to see what he has to say on the back end of his visit. And undoubtedly, we will speak about that next week. But, man, it don't just stop with the 2023 kids. The 2024 kids coming in is is, is even more impressive. And Wes is going to give us a little information on that. Yeah, I'm going to give you some information on my my baby, which is a 2024 class, class I love. Uh, before that, uh, all these visits, uh, we want you guys to know that they are unofficial visits. Uh, Billy and the staff want to let everybody know uh, well, not that everybody know, but they wanted to experience the first uh, game week uh, without having any official visits. So they took the time out and said they're not having any week one with this big game. They wanted to focus all on Utah. So I think that was a big thing and smart by the, the coaching staff to, to focus all on Utah and, and see how it is with a game environment for Utah. Um, with the 2024 class, we got to start with the committed uh, guys out there recruiting uh, himself. Uh, seems like another Treon Webb as far as the things that he's doing, uh, which is Graham, uh, Miles Graham, the linebacker uh, that we have, uh, another legacy kid. Like I said, he's recruiting like Treon Webb, so he is in uh, – uh, he will be here on Saturday. Uh, Darius Hayes, a guy that he's been after 
uh, will be there as well. Then you have TJ Capers. Uh, he's the number one linebacker in the 2024 class. You have Charles Lester, a top 25 uh, cornerback. Uh, you have Eddie Pierre-Louis, a uh, four-star offensive lineman and a uh, legacy committed, uh, excuse me, a legacy kid himself. Uh, he's the brother of Richard Garage. Uh, you have Stacy Gage. Uh, he's a top 25 running back. Uh, you have Jalen Howard. Uh, he's the top 100 safety. Uh, he's recently predicted to come to UF by our own Corey Bender uh, from on three to UF. And then you have Brendel Richardson, a top 100 wide receiver. Uh, he's expected to be in time as well. And uh, top 250 athlete in Fred Gaskin. Uh, he's uh, is scheduled to be there well as well. Then you have 2025 uh, QB, Colin Hurley. Uh, we mentioned him because he's a stud as well. Same when you talk about Lagway, that kid shows uh, great promise as well. He's a 2025 kid. And we just want you guys to know that it's Wednesday time stamp, 831. Um, excuse me. August 31 uh, is 828. So things can change. Some kids may back out. Some kids may uh, we may find out later in the week that they may come. Uh, so as of right now, this is the schedule that we have for 2023, 24. And then I mentioned uh, early from the 2025 class. Guys, I got anything you want to say about that? Yeah, uh, there will be also, I mean, there's several other 24 and 25 kids coming. We just hit on the hot spot. I mean, yeah. If we wrote down, if we wrote down the whole list, we'd probably be here fifteen more minutes just reading off names, guys. Yeah. So yeah. don't think that just you know we just named off twenty five kids and that's all that's coming. There's a lot of kids going to be here for this game. Um, a few kids that won't be there, as a matter of fact, though, and I meant to mention this at the beginning. Um, the the IMG kids will not be able to make it this week. I believe they had to have their game rescheduled to Saturday night. So yeah. you're going to lose out on Ricks and Harris being able to come into town. And uh, Jordan Pride, safety committed to uh, 2024 safety committed to FSU, he won't be able to make it at all. Um, but don't don't take this as a negative. It was out of the kids' control. They had all the plan of coming. Ricks will be back on campus. That much you can be assured. They will find another game for him to come. Um, and right quick, before we move on to Utah, and we'll cover this more next week's episode, I don't think it can be understated for those that don't know that just yesterday, Keelan Keeley set up an official visit for next week for Kentucky. Keeley? We'll make Keeley. My guy Keeley? Oh, yes, man. your man Keeley. And we will let Wes rave about him next week. But now we're going to get into Utah because the Utes are coming to town. And on a bicycle. On a bicycle. Oh. On a bicycle. And their white shirts buttoned up. So. And Mike's going to give us quite a bit of information on what we can expect <laughs> from the Utes. All right, yeah. So, um, just a um, Utah at a glance right now. Um, they're led by head coach uh, Kyle Whittingham. He's set to enter his 18th season as the all-time wins leader at Utah, holding a record of 144 and 70. He's a former DC and linebacker coach under Meyer, so he's been there ever since, and he's established a, de- a winning program there. That I think every fan and called every fan of college football respects, and like I know I can't say anything negative truly about the program. Um, they have 17 re- returning starters, uh, including nine all-conference performers from 2021, who we'll ta- talk about later. And now just to do a little deep dive on some uh, major stats about the team uh, from 2021, since this is a week one game, and they are returning the majority of their team. Um, just And this is per team rankings. 
Now, um, with their offense, they have they were ranked uh, for total points 13th nationally at 35.8 per game. Um, the, by the way, these are all per game. So at total yards, 19th nationally at 429.8. Rushing yards, 11th nationally at 219.2. Now, this is where it gets interesting. At home, to, and I want you to pay attention to this throughout the, the reading. Now, at home, 237.4. Away 207.9, so they're 29.5 yards worse on the road. Passing 85th nationally at 210.6, home 184, away 227.3. So they're actually they passed last year, they actually passed the ball, they're 44.3 yards better on the road. So that was actually very telling to me for a run first program with a, a very good running back and offensive line. Now, their third. Uh, third third down con- uh, conversion percentage is actually very good at seventh nationally at forty nine point six nine percent. Home sixty one point four away forty three point two seven. Once again eighteen point one three worse on the road. Now going to the defense total points the thirty second nationally at twenty third or twenty three. Sorry, that's fifteen point six at home. They're giving up. 27.6 on the road. Once again, 12 points worse on the road. Total defense, 35th nationally at 36 point, uh, uh, pardon me, total yards, 23rd nationally at 349.1. Um, at home, 311.2 average. Away, 372.8. Once again, 61.6 averaging yards Worse on the road. Now, as you can see, they're just worse. They're, you know, with the exception of passing, they're a significantly worse team on the road. Where are they playing? On the road in the swamp, which we'll get into later. Now, some of the opponents, they're down. Um, now, for their defense, once again, their opponent, third down conversion percentage, 56 nationally at 38.12. Takeaways, 103 um, overall at 1.1. Last year, uh, UF was actually tied at eight um, with eight others at 104 overall with one. And you remember how bad we were last year. So they're not obviously not that great in terms of the te- uh, uh, takeaways. Now with penalties, 25th overall at 4.9, and their strength of schedule last year was 25th. Now I'll pass it over to Hirsch in terms of their all-conference performers that we were talking about. Yeah, as far as, you know, Pac-12 goes, they've, They've got quite a few. <laughs> I mean, um, they've got Brandon Daniels, offensive line, first team. Um, Brant Kuth, I can't maybe say his name correctly at tight end. I'm sure I'll find out I said that wrong during the broadcast. Uh, outstanding tight end, Pac-12 first, first team. Tavion Thomas at running back. That is a name that all Gator fans probably need to be very familiar with. This kid rushed for 1,100 yards last year. I mean, he's a stud. He's a he's a really solid running back, and and we'll focus on keys to victory later. But I mean, we're gonna have to focus on him first team. Um, Santoa Lamua, offensive line, second team. Cameron Rising at quarterback, solid quarterback, second team All Conference. Dalton Kincaid at tight end, honorable mention. Devon Vays Bell, I'm sorry, wide receiver, honorable mention. I mean, that's, you know, 
some pretty strong performers on the offensive side of the ball, and it doesn't get any easier on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you've got Caleb Bishop at safety, first team, all-conference. Van Fillner, first team, all-conference. Caleb Phillips at cornerback, very solid cornerback, first team, all-conference. Retavius Broughton, cornerback, second team. So, I mean, two good starting cornerbacks. Muhammad Diabate getting the honorable mention. Apparently, they saw something we didn't, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, as far as their key additions goes, that I mean, you know, Muhammad Diabati is probably their most well-known one, um, and obviously, all Gator fans know him well. So, um, I don't know how much of a key addition that'll be, but they're also starting him at middle linebacker. So, I mean, that's we'll, we'll get to that. Um, losses, though. But, I mean, they've had some big losses, though, from their front seven. Davin Lloyd, you know, was the best defensive player in the history of the program. He was a 2021 consensus All-American, ranked third in the Pac-12, had 110 tackles on the season, including, I mean, a league leading 22 tackles for loss. That's that's pretty incredible. Had, absolutely. Had had eight sacks, led all Pac-12 linebackers. I mean, just a really, really solid player that they lost there that they're going to have to replace. And then they uh, they also lost Nephi Sewell, who was ranked second on the team with 89 tackles and seven and a half of those for a loss with one interception and a forced fumble and was eighth in the Pac-12 with 6.8 tackles per game for the season. So, um. Like we were saying, though, you know, just some miscellaneous stuff, you know, you've got Diabate is the guy that's here that we're supposed to replace Lloyd with. I, I just, I mean, what do you think, Mike? <laughs> um, well, Lloyd was, Lloyd was hands down their best defensive player ever. I mean, I like Sean Smith a lot, especially as a uh, Dolphin fan, but um, he's just, yeah, he's not Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd's a, a player that can attack from three different, um, from three different levels. Um, in terms of speed and athletic, I mean, when you say athleticism, speed maybe, yeah. But uh, just two different players. Um, Lords, it's just your prototypical your safety linebacker hybrid. You can just move around, even blitz. Um, as Diabate is more of your, and I've always said this, he's a Bruce Irvin clone, in my opinion. He seems to rush, maybe drop a little bit. Um, so it's what they're trying to do. I don't blame them, especially in a position they're in. Diabate is talented. However, if you're expecting that production, I mean, you maybe catch 30%, 40%, but he's, at the end of the day, Diabate is not a linebacker. He does not have linebacker instincts, and he cannot teach that. I think we found that out in LSU, even though it was a lot of other factors that had him to play, but he's just not a linebacker. He's not aggressive enough. Doesn't have the instincts. He's a he's a pass rusher. He's very good at it. I mean, when you lose somebody that talented, if you lose a first round pick, it's it's hard to replace. I don't care who you are, um, unless you, you're Alabama or Georgia and you're recruiting at that level. Um, Utah is definitely not recruiting at Alabama and Georgia's level. So to to lose a guy that was a first round pick, I mean that's that, that's 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 enormous, uh, and it, it benefits us in this game, this environment. Uh, and to replace him with a guy we already know in Diabate. Um, we saw his struggles there. 
Um, it'd be good. It'd be good for us to see him in a new system to see how he shakes out. Same thing when we play Hopper later on in the season to see how uh, his development is. But to, to see Diabate now is uh, is crazy. And then when you point out the stats uh, about the road and away thing, uh, when you as you illustrated, what I want fans to understand is the reason why their passing numbers were were up. Like what Mike gave it to you because they were behind. And when you're behind, you pass the ball more and you run less. So that is why those numbers you like. Well, they pass more on the uh, on when they're on the road. That's because they were behind uh, on some of those games. So uh, that the, those water numbers were there. So that's my take on that. Yeah, and, and, oh, sorry, Mike. Yeah, no. Just last thing on Diabate. Um, like you say, they're not having him on the outside really. So since with, with him at Mike. Um, our best player on the, on the field is uh, Osiris Torrance, second team um, AP All American. He's three hundred. I want to say three forty plus. Uh, Ethan White, uh, who's a phenomenal run blocker, he's three thirty plus. And Kingsley is on. I want to say the Remington Award. Uh, if I have that award correctly, but um, he's one of the top centers in the country. So um, safe to say, I think he's going to get washed out. And I, want, and I think AR may out. I think he outweighs the above. I don't. I don't think anybody that's a Florida fan would be upset to see um, AR give him the, uh, the Cam Newton treatment, <laughs> open field. But anyway, let's let's move on to talk. You know, let's talk a second about the strengths that Utah brings to the table. As as we mentioned before, very disciplined, fundamentally sound team. Kyle Whittingham's been there a long time. He's a very fundamental fundamental coach. He's always got his team prepared to play. It you know, it's just don't expect them to shoot themselves in the foot unless, you know, we make them. The swamp makes them. But that that's, you know, once again, that's something we'll cover in a minute. That's that's where we need to make have an advantage. But the run game, mentioned it before. Solid running back. You don't you don't get eleven hundred yard rushers just because they're they're average. So I mean they're gonna they're gonna run the ball at us. Um, an experienced team, a lot like we mentioned, a lot of first first and second all conference kids on on their list. So um, their their QB play, one you know the the kid once once Rising became their quarterback last year in that San Diego State game. They they really turned the corner as far as production from the QB spot, and hand in hand with that, also is their tight end play. I mean, their tight end they get tremendous production out of their two tight ends. So, you know that's that's and and you know that's some strengths. And with the strengths, we're going to talk about just we're going to familiarize ourselves real quick with some of their impact players. Already mentioned Cameron Rising. Almost 2,500 yards passing last year with 20 touchdowns and only five interceptions. I mean, the kid's not turning the ball over a whole lot, throwing it. They're, they're tight end. They're lead tight end, Keith. Keith. I can't say his name still, guys. I'm sorry. 50 receptions at tight end, 611 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, that's 12.26, you know, average. Um, I said it, or, you know, I've said it already twice so far. Tavion Thomas had 1,100 yards and 21 touchdowns last year rushing, you know, in a 5.4 yard per carry average. I mean, the kid's an absolute stud. <laughs> um, some of their their high, you know, defensive performers, 
Cole Bishop at safety, 54 tackles, three sacks, you know. Van Flinger at defensive end, 41 tackles, 9.5 tackles for a loss, five and a half sacks, four quarterback hurries. Clark Phillips, cornerback, 61 tackles, one forced fumble, two interceptions, 13 passes defended. I mean, the kid's a really, really good cornerback. So, And then they also added a top 100 recruit at uh, linebacker in Lander Barton. So they've got some really talented players there. Um, and I know Mike wants to add one more thing about their, their run game real quick. Yeah, obviously, you know, that that's their star running back. But they actually um, – their backup, um, their uh, name Micah Bernard, he's actually uh, extremely talented as well. Um, he played in all 14 games last season with six starts, five running back, and actually one at corner, which actually, you know, says how athletic he truly is. But he um, he recorded 87 carries for 523 yards. It's six, uh, six yards a clip. And that's with two touchdowns. He also led all uh, – um, Running backs with 26 catches for 251 yards and one, and two more touchdowns. So um, they just have a you know the dynamic dynamic duo back there, back there. So it's not like hey we just shut him down. It's done. No, we they they can go you know dual back you know uh, dual back however they want to set it up and you know break uh, split him out so on and so forth. Yep, I mean that that's what it is. That there's your keys to focus on. But let's talk about the weaknesses for a second. I mean, their wide receiver room, not very strong. <laughs> They're just not very strong. I mean, and they have not seen probably the quality of DBs they're going to face in a Jason Marshall and, you know, Avery Helm and the variety of DBs that they're going to see against us, especially speed-wise. Um, lack of a proven punter. They don't have much. I mean, the kid's not, not punted for him yet. He's, you know, they have – Punter that transferred from Michigan State. He's, you know, the transferred over. He's an Australian punter. Really, you know, linebackers that we've already alluded to, they're a little, you know, thin there with the replacements they've had to make. Or unproven, I guess, would be a better statement. Obviously, we we know what we expect out of the body. Um, offensive line. They have a new center. They're breaking in. First game, he gets to come to the swamp. We know what kind of havoc that can play with a kid that has to have those play snaps. Um, and their left tackle, their left tackle is is new to the position of left tackle. He actually switched over from left guard and played a little bit of right tackle. Um, but I mean, there's just. Not a whole lot there, guys. I mean, what do you what do y'all think about these weaknesses? I mean, you pointed them out. Uh, the the big thing to me is coming in this type of environment in uh, the swamp and having uh, new guys on the offensive line. We have ex- even experienced offensive line. We saw what Bama last year had trouble uh, going even in the fourth quarter with us. So uh, I'm pretty sure they made adjustments in the game, whether it was slap clap or or whatever with the snap count in that big series they had in the fourth quarter against us, they still uh, had a false start and a key moment in the game. So uh, to have somebody new, whether you switch from guard to tackle or just a new center, uh, even uh, though I believe he did play a couple games, start a couple games last year for them, uh, to have him come in uh, in this type of environment, there's no way you can simulate it. So 
to me, that is a, a glaring weakness. And we already mentioned the, the linebackers, uh, them losing that. So that I believe that's a weakness. Uh, this team kind of reminds me of a, a West Coast Wisconsin team, uh, not really using the receivers a lot, running the ball very, very well, and 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 with the tight end. So um, they kind of remind me of that uh, a Wisconsin type team. If I watch a lot of football, not really the West Coast, but I do watch Big Ten, Big Twelve. So uh, that's what it reminds me of. All right. Yeah, it's going um like you were saying, the the center, and that's obviously a brand new uh it's definitely a very important position um <laughs> for calls and everything. And obviously the crowds are gonna be have a huge um uh impact on the game. And being at being at the Alabama game and seeing firsthand how, you know, everyone says how disciplined Alabama is, well not that game. False start after false start after false start, and like you said, West on that one's like a fourth and one from the one, got him again. So, um, and that's when the swamp was rocking. Last, last I've ever seen it. Now, also that left tackle, it, like like you guys are saying, he is new to the position, but he's he's just a very talented football player. He's first team um, all conference for a reason. So, um, but it does help that us that is, he is at a new position. Here, end of the day. Um, and they're not truly gelled. Um, now, with that being said, moving over to the wide receiver uh, production, um, they have like it's very minimal. Like their starting receivers, one has twenty-two receptions, and they're all they're uh, all honorable mention. Pac-12 player uh, Vail or Belly has twenty-three receptions for last year for three hundred eighty-nine yards and one TD. So I mean, there it's truly. Not n- nothing to fear, um, and I'm looking forward to that matchup. Absolutely. So, guys, I mean, we've 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 brought y'all a lot of information on Utah here, and you know, the art of war states know thy enemy, and <laughs> hopefully, we've given you a lot of uh, information to know. But with that being said, man, we're not we're going to quit talking about Utah because we're going to talk about the Gators for a minute, and we're going to get right to it. And we're going to do the same kind of breakdown we just did for Utah. We're going to give our opinions and breakdowns of Florida. But what we're not going to do, guys, is we're not going to talk about what happened last season with Florida. I think we've all pretty much shut that door. It's in the past. It was a different staff. The coaches checked out. The kids checked out. We're not, We're not. you know... We're not playing those those same kids that went on the field versus Missouri and South Carolina and Sanford and whatnot aren't aren't playing with that same attitude week one going into this game. It's just not the same. So there's no need to dwell on it. Um but first, you know, like we said, we're going we're, like we said, we like we did with Utah, we're gonna talk about, you know, we got some new additions on the team. Um, Wes. What additions to this squad are, are you most excited about seeing week one? Um, I'm going to start with the the guy um, that could be a potential first-round pick in Osiris Torrance. I want to see him at guard uh, on the offensive line. Uh, I know that's not a uh, a sexy pick, but I just want to see him in a higher offensive line. Uh, I believe that's one of the, uh, my keys to the game. We'll talk about that later, but I want to see him. I also want to see Ricky. Uh, I want to see Ricky Purcell at wide receiver. We've heard a lot about him in camp. I know he's coming off an injury. Hopefully he's he's healthy uh, coming into this game because we don't we don't have a lot of game breakers and he's he has that to be a game breaker. So I want to see uh, some from him. Uh, we have Jalen Kimber. Uh, he's fighting for that second corner spot opposite uh, 
Jason Marshall. So he's a new addition. Uh, we also have Montreal Johnson. I would love to see uh, him uh, playing SEC football. He had a great year last year as a true freshman uh, with Billy Napier. So I want to see how he, how he factors in. And then you have uh, Ventra Miller coming back. Uh, we miss – Mike has already talked about our linebackers. Uh, we missed him last year. Um, to, it, I know he's not really a new addition, but to have him healthy um, – We'll uh, to, to see him come back will be something uh, uh, to, to have. So, Mike, how do you feel about those guys? Um, yeah, well, you picked my favorite, so I'm a little perturbed on that with Osiris. That's my guy. But um, I'll, I'll let that Mike ride. has been the, the, the leader of that train. Oh, my day. goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I forgot you love the offensive line. My bad. I should have stuck to the linebackers. Uh, yeah, it's trenches. That's, yeah, little. I, but no, him in particular. But I, I digress. No big deal. Um, no, so um, he's been a, he's number one. Um, like it's our like you can see how important that those position that position is. Ethan White when he went out, we went down uh, two. We, our rush per game went down two yards. That was just him. So you had Ethan White winning uh, second team All American day one, probably early day two pick. Um, it's going to be astronomical, especially you put him in with Kingsley. That that the the drive that it can do. Also, um, my uh, well, probably one B is a healthy Ventrell Miller, and I say that because a lot of people don't. I mean, when they see like a Miller or they see a um, David Reese, um, they just see oh, it's a slow backer who can't cover. Well, what I see is a middle linebacker who communicates, who has instincts and can and go from you know uh, A to C, uh, C gap to C gap. And who will make sure everyone's lined up. So he, what he's going to do for the defense, a lot of it you can't, you, you can't put stats on. So uh, we do have some breaking news though, and we have the official depth chart. So I'll kick it back to Hirsch for that. Yeah, guys. I mean, as we we went on the air, um, the depth chart went live. So we're kind of reacting to this on the fly. So if if we miss something. You know, I know everybody's going to spend the next 24 hours obsessing and breaking down the depth chart, but we'll try to give y'all listening at home and listening tomorrow as, you know, you're riding to work, maybe a little information as far as what we see on the depth chart. So, Wes, what, what, looking at what just came out on the depth chart, what sticks out to you? Yeah, two, two big things I noticed. Uh, I'll save some, uh, Something you guys to chew on as well, but the tight ends. Make sure you don't talk about the offensive line. I'm not gonna touch. I'm not gonna touch them. <laughs> um, but the tight end Xanders and Zipper. It says Xanders over Zipper. But we know that uh, Napier does want to run the ball and use a lot of two tight end sets to see Xanders. We saw him in spring game. He looked good there. So that was to me him over Zipper. Uh, pretty sure he wants a good blocking tight end um, in there. So maybe that's why Xanders is there starting over him and kick return. I know we want uh, a spectacular guy back there, but to me. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Freddie Swain uh, back there a couple some years ago. Uh, guy, Hendo, I don't remember Hendo ever having a fumble last year, so uh, just secure the ball. Uh, don't need anybody spectacular. So those two things that I, I saw that stood out to me in a quick glance of that depth chart is uh, Xander's at tight end and uh, Hendo with the sure hands back there receiving the punts. Mike? Yeah, some other ones. Uh, someone stuck out. Wingo is going to be – I mean, I want to say stuck out, but um... – some, um, some big names. Uh, Wayne goes to third string Mike behind Scooby. Um, I've heard Scooby's been having a great uh, fall camp, so I'm not too, too shocked on that. 
like he was a big time recruit. Uh, Lingard is not on depth chart, so um, yeah, that's uh, that's probably the, sh- the biggest shock. I mean, just based on the fact that he was a five star recruit, I know he, you know, we kept hearing, he, you know, he may not even be third string, but in the, the day, he's a name. Um, lastly, um, oh, a couple things. Uh, Jalen Lee is a no- nose tackle. I mean, I'm not shocked at all um, because uh, Watson's probably good for eight seven plays a game and Jamarcus Weston is going to be the kick returner. And if he fumbles at the one again, I'm going to run out and field myself to triple. So that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, all right. Um, one thing I noticed, I mean, God, I feel like here we are again, no specific kicker yeah. named as the lead man. So I guess we're going with a hot foot. I guess we'll find out as everyone else finds out who's going to take the first kick and we'll go from there. I mean, it's a risky business, but I mean, you know, you go out and recruit a kicker like Trey Smack. I hope that kid can perform. Um, One thing I did want to go over is there's only four guys mentioned as being out for the game. And that would be, um, Arliss Boringham is mentioned as out with an upper body injury. Jaden Hill is out with his knee. He's still having a really hard time with his recovery on that knee. I, guys, I don't know if, if we may never see Jaden Hill play here again. I don't know if his, he's ever going to heal up right. Plus, I mean, I hate it for the kid, but it's it's just been a wrong, long, hard road for him. Um, Jack Miller obviously is out with the broken thumb that he should be back week three, week four. And um, David Connor is um, out. He had some surgery as well, as was mentioned. One other thing I want to talk about real quick before we move on, that, um, guys, it's been a really quiet offseason. I mean, we haven't heard about any kids getting in trouble. We haven't heard word one about any suspensions. Now, I know, knock on wood, everybody, you know, you know, if I – jinx this and something comes out tomorrow i'm sure i'll get blown up for it and i'll take the heat but oh, i mean it it, it bears speaking about it bears saying napier has his first off season has been very quiet on that aspect the way you would want it to be and something maybe at florida we're not always used to so <laughs> i mean some players I, I, got kicked off the team as well so that probably he made well, and and he did. I mean, I, and, and he did it the right way, though. He didn't. There was no fuss made about it, other than fans, you know, tweeting that Florida doesn't like kids from certain spots. Yep. You know, whatever have you not? But Billy came in. He took care of things that needed to be taken care of. He did it the right way. Things were handled quietly. And you didn't hear a whole lot of backlash, even from the kids. So, and one actually came back with Chris Thomas. Yes. So much so. respect for to Billy once again on handling things the right way. All right. Um, real quick, guys, we meant we we talked about additions. Who are your Who are your freshmen that you think are going to have an impact on this game? I'll start with you, Mike. My guy who um, stay consistent, uh, Shamar James. I think um, he's definitely going to get some playing time. Um, one because one couple couple reasons. One the tight ends. I think he's going to match up athletically, uh, so probably the best, and also um, 
I think they're going to be playing from behind um, midway through the third quarter, and they're going to have to start passing, as Wes was uh, for, uh, as Wes brought up earlier uh, with their pass uh, pass yards. So I'm going to go with Shamar. Wes, looking at the depth chart, um, I'm going to save a good one for you. Uh, there's a lot of freshmen that we well, I don't say a lot, but maybe a handful that we may think maybe get some playing time, but. Uh, I'm going to go with ETN. Seeing him third on the depth chart means something. Like he's there listed as a kick returner as well, I believe. I didn't skim over that. Uh, I wouldn't mind if he can – I always, I said this last week. If he can have a freshman year compared to like what his brother did at Clemson, uh, that'll be a sight. That, that'll be a game-breaker we need. So uh, I'm hoping that we see a couple carries from uh, ETN, and uh, I will look forward to seeing some game-breaking stuff from him. So that's my guy as freshman. My heart, I mean, I picked Kamari Wilson to be the kid that really makes an impact this year. But, man, I mean, I've, I've heard so much. I, I can't shy away from Devin Moore. I think yeah. I think you're going to see Devin Moore on the field early. I think you're going to see him often. And I think, I mean, just like we saw once again with him in the All-American game, you're going to see him involved. I think he's going to make make some plays. He's long. He's, you know, he's a rangy guy. He's just big kid he's gonna make some plays i got a feeling he's just he's he's ready he's already i think he's sec ready and i may be putting a lot on the kid but he has the intangibles yes he has the intangibles (laughs) we're not gonna put those labels on him because i know where that rolls all right guys (laughs) let's 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 talk about florida strengths for a second and i think we all can start with the same strength of this game we're playing in our house i mean there's no place like it, at least as far as we care. I mean, there's just nowhere like it. But um, Josh Pate on his show this earlier this week had a quote about the Swamp, and I want to uh, play that for all y'all real quick. We'll devour you, though. So because the Swamp is a very, very real thing. Um, we watched Bama go in there last year and struggle mightily in that environment. It's early season. Everyone's hopes are in front of them. I mean, it's week one. So they'll be fully lathered up. It's a night game. Uh, Utah's not played anywhere like that. The closest they would have come maybe is Oregon. Uh, This is a different level than Oregon. Just putting it out there. So none of those guys will have ever played in an environment like this. And if you let it sink its teeth into you, it'll devour you. I hope that makes it into a hype video. That's one of the best sounding things I've ever said about Florida. It will devour you, though. So if it's third and seven, an inordinate amount of the time for Cam Rising, I don't think things are going to end well for Utah. Congratulations, Josh. You made it into a hype video. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But he's right. I've looked back at it. Besides Oregon and maybe Washington? I mean, there's there's nowhere in the Pac-12 that even compares. It's the Pac-12, man. That's what I'm saying. It's the there ACC is no the stadium. There is no stadium that even comes close. And, I mean, the and we have multiple in the SEC, but <laughs> so in terms of attendance, the closest you can get is the Rose Bowl, and then they also played in the Rose Bowl. But end of the day, no one goes to the actual games at USC. I think the when they played Ohio State, it was a pretty packed game, but still, you're doing a split. Thought Ohio State because that's that's their baby. Uh, being the Big Ten, so, and it's just and a lot of a lot of people don't understand it's how the swamp is constructed with you know us being so close to the fans being so close to the field. 
So, I mean, it's just the only stadium that can truly rival it. I went to a night game at the uh, – at L- it was LSU. And that's the only one that can be pale in comparison. That's 1A1B right there. Next one's probably Penn State. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because I have a quote from Kyle Whittingham talking about that very thing. I want to go ahead and um, – I want to play that one too, real quick. Just so. Yeah, this may may be the most hostile. I mean, it's uh, the first game of the year, night game, new coaching staff, a lot of excitement. Uh, we're sure that, that place is going to be uh, very uh, very loud and, and difficult to play in. We've we've taken you know every measure that we can to try to replicate that, both both noise wise, uh, temperature wise. And so we'll see what happens, but we expect to, and they're right on top of you there. I don't know if you've ever been to the swamp, but they're, they're right on top of you. And, and uh, it's very, uh, it's the crowd is a, is a big factor in, in games in the swamp. Just I don't, like was alluding to. Yeah. I, I don't care how much you try. You cannot replicate the humidity. You can't replicate the noise. You can't replicate the a drilling rush. You can't replicate the signals like that. You can try and you can practice and you can try and try and try and try. But when you when all that stuff is going on at one time, you're subbing, you're doing this, it's 37, you're tired, drilling, rushing. There's no way to replicate it. So um, I give them credit for trying. I mean, you have to try as a coach to, to, to implement that. But when you got all those things factoring in uh, third quarter, big down, am I supposed to be in coach? Like that that stuff can't be done and, and it's just 90,000 plus screaming at you. It's, it's, it's going to be a crazy environment. So, yeah, it's the biggest strength of the game. Absolutely. And, I mean, we Mike, we, Mike already alluded to it in the Bama game last year. I mean, that's your Heisman Trophy winner struggled at quarterback <laughs> at times in that yeah. game last year when the crowd was hyped against up Todd. into it. Hmm? Against, What's that? What? I was saying he, he struggled against Todd Grantham. Go ahead. Yes, uh, exactly. And that's with a Todd Grantham defense the, on the, the field. Todd Grantham. The, yes. That is with his defense and all the troubles that we know came with that. And we still cause them headaches all game long to the very end. So, and that's just noise. I mean, once again, we haven't even, I mean, I know this week has been really hyped about Utah's not used to the humidity of Florida. But guys, it's a real it's a it's a thing. I mean, it's it's not, you can't go into your building and and turn up the heat in your building in Utah and simulate what it's like to be in North Florida the end of August, beginning of September. <laughs> After a rainstorm, I mean, you just can't do it. It's hey, Harris. Let me let me give you give an example. Uh, when I was in college, I used to train um, in the summer down here, eleven in Central Florida. I trained at home about eleven a.m. on purpose. I'd run like stairs, hot as can be, right? Probably like eighty, but you know, humidity all through the roof. Went up to college in the Carolinas, so it was like record highs up there, hundred degrees, quote unquote. People like getting heat exhaustion under the tents. It felt like it was seventy-five to eighty degrees. I was, I was fine. It's different. It's I was, different. I was hanging out. I was looking, look, looking around. I'm like, y'all are hot. This is record. This is the all you cramps, got. The cramps I was, are different. I was, I was Your chilling. body just doesn't hydrate the same. It, it's, 
it's a different animal. And I mean, I grew up, I live in South Georgia. Humidity's just the same. I mean, you walk outside, it's, it'll it'll suck the air out of your lungs. I mean, it's not it being something. The, What's that, Wes? It being the first game factors into that a lot. Absolutely, too, nothing gets absolutely nothing gets you and prepared. It, nothing gets you prepared to play football, but playing football. You know what I'm saying? That's all. I was, nothing gets you prepared to play football, but playing football. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and also moving on to like some of the like position groups that I think are going to some strengths mm-hmm. for the game. Um, just to start out, I have the uh, our offensive line. Um, uh, you know, obviously we're returning uh, four, to, uh, well, three out of five starters. We added Tarquin, who had time to start uh, last year. I want to say at least, or that had time in the game, and also uh, Osiris Torrance. So, um, when's the last time we said offensive line was the strong point of our team? <laughs> uh, Nineteen ninety. Uh, no, it's it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. So it's um, it's something. I'm, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for it, and I like I said, we you know. Lean on them. It's the main thing you can do, lean on them. And with the offensive line comes the run game. And and we talked about the depth chart a second ago, and, yes, NTN is, is a freshman. But those first two kids, I mean, um, going back once again to the Alabama game, on our 99-yard drive that I know Mike wants to cringe about at the end of the game, Naquan Wright was the was the horse on that drop. Naquan yep. Wright caught a pass coming out of the dang end zone and then proceeded to take the ball four or five more times and just work the way that work his way through the Bama defense. And that was a good Bama defense. So I I, I think Naquan Wright's time is now and he's he's healthy and he's ready to shine. And then of course the hype man's gonna tell us. The, the last real strength we have, because he, he's going to talk all about the uh, potential Heisman uh, trophy. Yeah. Um, Mike doesn't like when I say this, but I feel like we have potentially the best player in the country. So when he steps on the field, I think he might be the best player on the field. I said potential, Mike, potential. But uh, I just need him to play smart. Uh, I'm a, I think I said this before, I'm a, Washington Redskins slash Commander fan. And I remember RG3. The thing he would not do is slide. And I need R- RG3. I need AR to, when it's not there, to take what the defense gives him, which means slide and run out of bounds. I feel like uh, he can potentially be the best player on the field. And with that means being aware and being smart and realizing who you have behind you, which is a lot of inexperience. And if he's that guy, he has to know when to slide and when not to be uh Cam Newton-esque and just go out of bounds. Uh, so I'm looking to see uh, his awareness and how he plays smart. Uh, but he can be the biggest strength we have uh, on the field every t- every game we play. Yeah, the, the only thing that scares me about AR in this game isn't AR. It's the quarterbacks behind him for this game. Um, that worries me, that he can't maybe be himself because there is no depth. But okay. That being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about what we each think are, are some of our impact players for this game. And we're going to go ahead and uh, start off with Mike, and he's going to tell us who he thinks are, are some of the big impact players for this game. Uh, I think uh, 
Just to name a couple. Uh, I think Jason Marshall, um, just because if he can, well, when as long as he's he- uh, healthy enough, you lock down one side of the field. Um, like we've already said that their wide receivers aren't that great. Um, you can. Bottom line, you can, you can play man man coverage, sack the box. I think you know we'll be good to go. And also, uh, Brandon Cox, uh, you know he how he ended the season. You saw the FSU game. He man on fire, and he a was healthy. Exactly. I'm sorry. About half he was injured about the first half of the season. So he ended um, like he ended the season like a man on fire. And he also this is his money year. You got to keep that in mind as well. So he's been focused. Um, you can tell on his social media pages, you know, likes and just things. Things he's been saying. He's uh, definitely in the right mindset. And if we can get them, get him in those third and longs, or force those third and longs from an early sack, that's how we win the game. Wes, who are some of your impact guys? I'm going to go with not a player but a coach. I'm going to go with Patrick Tony as my impact guy. Um, We've been, I mean, it's been a nightmare with Tyron Ratham here. So to to have somebody, I mean, the best thing is to have somebody new. And I, I want to see how he deploys his linebackers or in safeties. Uh, we know from watching Utah, they haven't changed over 18 years. They're this, that's the advantage kind of thing that we do have. We know who they are. Uh, it's not because they have a new system. They don't have a new system. It's run the ball, hit the tight ends. And I want to see if he really does, like Mike alluded to, let Jason Marshall and uh, Abraham or whoever's the other corner, a uh, man up and how he covers those tight ends and how he stops that and stops that run game. So uh, Patrick Tony is my impact player slash coach uh, of the week. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if we don't see our corners come out and be eight <laughs> yards off the ball? Woo. Yeah. Um, one guy I'm going to lead off with is, is, is Big Gerv, man. I mean, I can't wait to see what Dexter does this year. I, I think this is this could you know it could be his money year as well, and I think he's about to feast on some people, especially as they move him around that defensive line. I I think a kid of his size and his athletic ability is an absolute mismatch for so many people. In the fact that he can move around, you, can, you know, you you can play him at end, you can play him at tackle, you can you can do a lot of things with their. their and I think he's going to excel wherever he he lines up at against. And, you know, once again, you're talking about a new center. You're talking about an offensive tackle playing his first game at left tackle. You line up and see this six, eight monster standing across from you. You better get ready because he's coming. <laughs> also, I don't think it can be, you know, uh, a healthy Ventrell Miller is, is a big, big deal to this defense. Um once we lost Ventrell last year, you never felt like the defense had its identity after that. It certainly didn't have a leader. And as much as we talked about he who shall be named defense and how complex it was, and you don't have that guy that can communicate out there effectively, it, it causes a lot of problems. And um, having your leader back means a lot on defense. I mean, we've always had that really great middle linebacker that was a leader, whether it be Spikes and Siler, Jared Davis. I mean, we Bostic. We've been blessed with great leaders at middle linebacker, and um, Ventrell is just another in that long line of guys. I really believe so. I believe that you know 
he's going to make a big difference. And um, I know we all feel this way is, is we have a large group of kids that I think are going to be deployed, deploy the tight ends for Utah, whether it be Dean, whether it be James, whether it be Bernie, whether it be uh, Dewan Black, you know, everybody wants to see Dewan Black get on the field. And I think this would be a special assignment based for him and his, and his talents is, is covering these, these very well used tight ends. So, you know, we'll have to see what the game plan is, but like, Wes alluded to, I, you've got to believe Tony has got a scheme ready to go for these guys that's going to be nothing that they've seen. Because um, he's never had this kind of talent. I mean, let's just be honest with it. He He's an up-and-comer in the defensive ranks, but he's never had this kind of elite athletic ability in his scheme. So it's going to be fun to watch him turn it loose. But if you talk about strengths, you have to talk about weaknesses. So we're going to take a minute. We're going to talk about what could be an Achilles, some Achilles heels for us going into this game. Mike? Um, let's start with a defensive <laughs> tackle depth. And um, I think most notably, uh, well, overall, yes, we don't have enough um, up at three tech and nose, but uh, nose tackle. So um, we do have Jalen Lee starting, as we uh, spoke about on the depth chart. But um, uh, Watson, is unfortunately, not good. Not, Good for more than a few plays a game. Definitely really good at sub packages on short yardage. So hopefully his conditioning has improved. Um, but yeah, detail. Just depth. as a note on Watson, guys, uh, like we said, the depth chart came out. Watson is listed at 439 pounds on the depth chart. Gotta love players who like to get better. So, um, and, and also, uh, so t- um, new staff and new scheme. So, um, we may like, we, we obviously like. Tony a lot more than Grantham, for example. We like what we're seeing so far. But at the end of the day, it's there's a reason it's uh, Utah is disciplined and they're fundament, fundamentally sound. It's just like her said, it's the same scheme. So um, will they be ready 100%? Probably not. Um, could it be 95? Yes. I mean, we just, at the end of the day, it's an unknown. So um, that's, that is a weakness since it is unknown. Wes, you want to talk about some of our weaknesses? Yeah, um, backup. Mike uh, said it earlier. Um, uh, that was you, um, Mike. I believe it was you now, Hurst. Now I think about it. Was it was me talking uh, about the quarterback depth. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If something happens to AR, I mean, but you can say that about a lot of places in the country. If such and such goes down, who they have back there? Um, we have a walk on. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> the, <laughs> the only problem with the only problem have, with yeah, it's not that bad. Ours the only horrible. problem with our room is is we. Saw our quarter. We saw him get hurt a couple of times last year. So yeah, that's the that's the scary part, and that's why I was saying I hope he doesn't. He's not an RG three type when he's trying to take on guys and just goes out of bounds, slides when he needs to be slide. When he needs to slide and not try to overdo things. When now if it's fourth, if it's fourth quarter and we need a big first down, then you put your, your shoulder pads down and you get the first down. But if it's first quarter and you you get out of bounds, so uh, that is a, a, a thing um, with AR and, and our backups. Uh, and the tight end depth, um, a lot of inexperience behind uh, Zipper. We have guys that we, we we got from the defense side of the ball to put on the offense. So uh, that is a big concern for me, the tight end depth. Uh, hopefully, Xander pans out. He looked good in the spring game. Uh, Zipper has been around for a while. He, he caught touchdown pass from Trash two years ago. So 
uh, with Zipper and Xanders and uh, some of the other guys that are inexperienced behind him. But that there's just not a lot of experience that we can count on. I heard losing Gamble last year really, really. I mean, with this year, um, him going to UCF really hurt. Absolutely. Well, guys, we've run down the strengths. We've run down the weaknesses. We've talked about all the factors. We're going to go around now and just give you give our individual keys to victory. What we think individually it will take Florida to walk out of this game 1-0. So with that, Mike, hit us with your keys. Um. <clears throat> Don't let them get off on running the ball. Uh, stack the box, play man coverage, like I was saying earlier. Um, end of the day, they don't have the athletes on the outside um, for, for, with our secondary. Um, and that will allow us to get the crowd into it and the, uh, our pass rush. And we have, you know, we have, as we've spoken about over the previous episodes, Sat Boone, you know, um, Gervon, Cox, we, we have the athletes to get after the ball. That's not a problem. <clears throat> and they, the receiver, the, um, their athletes just aren't it in terms of passing. Now, the second key is going to be just um, you stop the trenches. So I did, did the numbers here. They actually have a 287-pound defensive tackle, and their um, four guys average out 271 pounds. Our five guys average out to 321.4 pounds at a difference of 50.4 pounds. So I think, like I said, you just lean on them. You run the, run the ball. Don't turn the ball over. And about I think about the third quarter, midway through the third, with that humidity, is when you start to pull away, and you'll take care of business. And once again, they're going to start want to throw the ball, and the crowd gets into it. Well, for me, yeah, for me, uh, defensively, I go defensively first. Uh, the thing that I want uh, is we have to be able to stop the run, uh, stop what they do best, make them throw. Uh, take away the wide receivers and, and and double up on the tight ends. I think that is a key to us winning. Uh, Marshall needs to do be who we think Marshall is. Uh, be good to have Ventura Miller back. So to see our defense come out there and do what they need to do. And and something that we have been lacking the uh, last couple of years, we need turnovers. Um, our defense has to turn the ball over, and we need to win on first and second down. Uh, people love to talk about third down. But if you went on first and second down and make it 37 and you get the crowd into it, winning, winning on first and second down helps you win on third down. So that's my key for defense. Offensive, this kind of the opposite of what I say for our defense, don't turn the ball over. Don't get the crowd out of it. If we can keep the crowd into it the entire game, get this game into the fourth quarter, then I like our chances. But we have to keep the crowd into it. I, we played Bama last year. They went up 21-3. That kind of – did what they did and, and they kind of got our crowd out for a little bit, but we have to keep our crowd in. That's one of our biggest things. So we get them in the third, like Mike was saying, third, fourth quarter and tire them out. Uh, I, I like our chances, but uh, run the ball and don't turn it over and stay ahead of the sticks. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to hit on a few different things. One, we've got to be a disciplined football team. Um, last year, Florida was 122 in the country. Penalties per game. You you can't. That's got to be. I mean, I know Billy's made that a focus. I've heard the things he's done to make it a focus. That's got to be cleaned up. You if, if you can quit giving the other team field position, you're instantly making yourself a better team. Um, 
two, and we've touched on it. Home field advantage, the crowd. If something goes wrong early, don't get quiet. Don't let it take the wind out of your sails. Keep the volume up. Keep the place shaking because they, they can't know that they can take us out of the game like that. Um, you just got to, you got to say, Hey man, we're going to still win this game. Just like last year versus Bama. We got down 20, you know, 21, what was it? 21, three in no time. And I mean, but we came back, keep in the game, keep them on their toes, make it hard for them. Um, offensively, I think our wide receivers have to get separation and take the top off the defense and get the guys out of the box. I mean, they, everyone knows we're going to try to run the ball. Everyone knows AR is going to try to run the ball. I mean, it's not a secret. They're going to try to load up on us because our wide receivers, as far as over the top playmakers, we're not, they're not known for that yet. We don't, you know, we just don't have those guys that have historically right now take, you know, we've had the big leftover guy, the big guys, the big body guys that Urban, I'm not Urban, I'm sorry, Mullen like to run. And Billy, um, the, the slant guys. So you would like to see somebody like Ricky or Xavier take the top off the defense and get the get the guys out of the box and open up the run more. Um, and like Mike mentioned, man, I mean, you, you've got to, you've got we've got to do the exact opposite. We've got to stop their run. I have no doubt that, given what we said about their receivers, our corner should be able to to hang these guys up. Um, just cover these tight ends and, and, and stop this run game, man. Just dominate the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. Show that you have the superior athletes and, and really just hammer them for four quarters. Uh, Mike, you got a couple of things you needed to add? Yeah. Um, one thing we need is if, to get AR out in space. Um, there's a few clips out there, but uh, the BYU, quarter, BYU quarterback had almost nearly 100 yards rushing. And AR is pretty um, – it's a lot better than the BYU quarterback, especially running the ball. So you get him out in space, and obviously not a lot. You know, don't, you know, just ram him into the, uh, you know, A and B gap. But, you know, actually get him out in space on a keeper or something to that nature. Uh, that I think that will be a, definitely a big help to uh, for, for the W. Uh, now, lastly, in terms of uh, the main thing, just target Diabate. Um He's once again he's at the wrong position. Um, our interior offensive offensive line. We have two players over 330 pounds, uh, center over 300 pounds, and he's a 222. So I think that you know you just a b gap, take care of business, and, you know, pulling guard, so on and so forth, and get the job done. Yes, sir. So guys, with that being said, we're going to go ahead now, and we're going to give you. Our score predictions. Respect our decision. Week one score predictions. Mike? 30, 31-20. Wes? I'm going with I'm going with 28-17. Uh reason being, I feel like they lost too much. Well, I don't say they lost too much. Well, they lost too much on their, their on, on their front seven. Uh, you can't replace a first round pick at middle linebacker. Uh, that's 
that that's the quarterback of the defense. Devin Lloyd was. Uh, then you go to offense with the center and the left tackle being in that environment. I just feel like we can win. Then I've said this before. I always felt like we should be ranked. If you don't believe me, go to 247 and pull up our rankings as far as a hold of what we have. And you see how many athletes and how many uh, four-star uh, guys we have on the, uh, on our team. And I just feel like we that environment, time zone, Florida, 28-17. All right. Well, I'm going to go Florida 27 to 20, guys. So, we all we all agree we all pick Florida? Yep. Go okay, Gators. You know, what, you know what that deserves? Oh, my! Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this is something else we're going to do every week during the season. You know, you watch college game day for it. We're going to have our own respect our decision, pick them. And this is this is week one. We're going to we're going to make an effort every week now going forward to have somebody on with us as a guest picker. Um, you know, we'll we'll figure out who that is week to week. I know we're, we're trying to plan on having our man CJ on with us next week to do picks. We uh we told him he could be he's done so many great things for us for our graphics and stuff like that. We wanted to give him first crack at it. But we got a 10-game slate. It's not a real great slate, but we got 10 games we picked, and we're going to have a little bet on it. I believe what our bet is going to be, I know me and Wes talked about this, um, that the the winner, that the two losers have to have the NFL avi of their team, of the winner's team for a week, since we all cheer for different NFL football teams, uh, if you don't know, Mike's a big Dolphins fan. Wes is a big Redskins fan, and I'm a loser. I'm a big Falcons fan. <laughs> <laughs> and if we change the terms of this bet, we'll let y'all know. But you know, there 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 is going to be somebody's going to pay the price for for not being good at pick'em. So we all picked UF week one. So. That was the number one game on our slate. So here we go. Number two game, UGA versus Oregon in Atlanta. Mike? Um, I think I will never trust a Bo Nix-led team in my life because I have um, have an IQ over 30. So I think I'm going to go UGA. I think that's a safe bet. Wes? That bet making me reconsider. I can never pick Georgia. I've never. So. <laughs> I didn't pick. I didn't ever pick Georgia. I just didn't pick. I just didn't pick. I just picked Oregon to lose. I got pick you. Different. I got you. I think Dan Lenning uh, has been there with the guy that what's the little quarterback name. I can't remember his name right now. Off the top of my head. Um, shortstop. Whatever his name is. I'm calling him shortstop. Yeah, Stetson Bennett. That's his name. I think he saw me practice the last couple of years. He has something for him. Oregon, upset of the week. Upset of the week, Mike. Upset of the week. Upset of the week. He picked Oregon. All right. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I can't pick any Bo Nix team to beat George. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. That's how I'm going to get ahead of y'all this week, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so UGA, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
All right. Third game. Notre Dame, Ohio State. Marcus Freeman's first games against C.J. Stroud and top two, three receiver in college football. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go Ohio State. I like uh, Marcus Freeman. Um, I like what he's about. He's recruiting well over there. But I don't think they have the offense, enough offense um, going with Ohio State. Yeah, I, I got to go with Ohio State, too, on this one. I just – Anytime the Domers play anyone that's really, really worth their salt, they they show what they are, and I just I can't do it. <laughs> so, all three of us, Ohio State. All right, now we're going to get a little interesting. Now we're going to talk about who knows football. Cincy versus Arkansas. Mike. Oh, I got to go with my man Pitt. Pit, Pig Suey, man. Come on, Michael. Uh, Sam, Sam Pittman. Uh, Cincinnati lost a lot of talent. Um, lost, you know, Desmond Desmond Ritter, uh, big, you know, superstar quarterback. The, you know, uh, uh, the corner Soft sauce. Shot. Yeah, he's overrated, but he's still talented in college. And um, this lost a lot of talent. And I want to say they lost another corner as well. So just um, programs like that, it takes a couple years to turn turn. Um, you know, get that uh that turnover going again. So I'm definitely taking Arkansas there, and and I like the offense running with Bryles. I like their quarterback, and they got Alabama transfer as well. And um, I like what they're doing. So Arkansas. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with Pittman too. Glad he's not at Georgia anymore. Um, really yeah. loves what he does. Um, I'm going with Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is actually my pick to to finish second in the uh in the West over there in the SEC. So uh, I'm rolling with Arkansas. Yeah, um, sensing all sauce and and Ritter. Yeah, I, I gotta go with and like Cody Bryant. I think. His yeah, name I is. mean, just Kobe. That's, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Yeah, that's that's a lot to lose, and then to come into Week One and then have to to face what I know is going to be a physical Arkansas team in Pittman. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Arkansas as well on that. All right, Thursday night game. Pitt versus West Virginia. The backyard brawl is a proper yeah. name. And I'm going Pitt, man. I'm a Slovis fan. You know, the transfer Q- QB from uh, USC. They did lose their star receiver to USC in Addison. But um, I've always been a Pitt fan. Um, and they always – and they um, they have a very good defensive line, one of the better ones in the country, actually. So uh, I think that's what – between um, Slovis being, you know, competent quarterback and that defensive line is just going to take him over the top. Wes? Yeah, I'm going to go with Pitt as well. Uh, I think they they did look good. Um, they I, they did lose NFL quarterback, and that may hurt them because they, they they won some games close last year with some shootouts, him making some plays. Uh, but I don't see anything in West Virginia to make me want to pick them, so I'm going with Pitt. I'm gonna put them on upset alert. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Ooh. I'm gonna take the moonshiners here and 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 JT Daniels. Oh my God, what am I doing? Is he wearing a turtleneck <laughs> and chain? Okay, okay. Jonathan <laughs> Taylor Thomas. I want to see if Mike Mike got it. I want to see if Mike has an upset pick of this week too. So. You'll see. This we'll see. We'll see. You're going. Yeah, to I, next, I, I'm gonna go ahead and give give West Virginia a nod here because that's that's once like I said about. 
Cincy, you're replacing a lot of parts there in Pittsburgh. So we'll see. Clemson, Georgia Tech. Do we really need to spend a lot of time talking about this? No, I mean, I, even though, you know, I know last year DJ Bunch of Letters didn't exactly shine out, but the engineers, I think, are going to be outclassed in this one. We all we all picking Clemson. Unanimous. Unanimous. Unanimous picks, Clemson. <laughs> yeah. All that, right. That D-line's disgusting. And yeah. we'll yes, ship as up. they always are. Purdue and Penn State. Is that his upset? I don't know. I, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go before Mike. Let him uh, savor this. We we did discuss our picks beforehand. Just to let you guys know. But um, uh, this game is is it at Purdue? Right? Is it in Happy Valley? I thought this game was at Purdue. Um, on my sheet is saying Purdue Penn State, so I'm not sure. But I think the game is at Purdue. I'm gonna say close. I think, ah, you know what? This game bothers me. If this game is at Purdue, I'm going with Purdue. I'm going with Purdue. If the game is at Purdue, I'm going with Purdue. That's why you That's do your research before the show. Yeah, I, I can't remember. What's, I can't your remember. Pick? What's, your, remember. what's your pick? I said Purdue. If the game is at All Purdue, right. I'm going with Purdue. I think it's at Purdue. So your pick is Purdue? Yeah. You said I think. All right, my pick's not Purdue. I'm, never, I'm not picking Jeff Brom that early. I don't like to um, – I'll take a Jeff Franklin-led team. Um, week one, Penn State. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take Penn State on that one myself. They, they get upset later in the year. They don't. They they normally take care of business early on. Um, that that game is at Purdue. Well, so, yeah. So I'm sticking there, Purdue. All right. Wes is on board for Purdue. UNC at State now. Like I said, not the greatest slate of games, but App State has played uh has played well against the bigger teams. They gave up a lot of points last uh, week. Go ahead, Mike. Who you got on UNC App State? Um, in case people missed uh the FAMU UNC game with FAMU's best players out, uh they did not look good that first half. And so don't let that final score fool you. Um, they look like garbage. Um, App State is a very well-run program, has been for better for the better of uh, over a decade now. So I am taking App State with the most beautiful uh, campus in the country. And shout out um, to Boone, North Carolina. There you go. So um, that's my, my 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 boy Denny's a, a App State fan, he's a diehard. So shout out to him. But yeah, I'm taking the um, App State, man. Go ahead, Wes. Tar Heels. Yeah, I didn't. This wasn't an accident. I put this one on here. I'm, I'm taking App State in this one myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big App State fan. I, I like Mike said. That's a well-run program. TCU in Colorado. Wes, I'm going with Colorado. I'm not picking a Pac-12 team, man. Come on. I'm uh, going with uh, TCU, Horn Frogs. Whew, jeez. I don't even know who to pick in that game, to be very <laughs> honest with you. I'm not even going to lie to you. I might Just, flip a coin. Nah. I always believe in TCU. I'm going to go ahead and take TCU in this game. All right. So, Westwood, Colorado. we got to make sure we track all this because we don't want anybody lying. 
Yeah, I might get up. I might pull a big lead on you guys. We don't. We don't want. We don't want anyone lying later. So I'm writing it all down. All right, game number ten. I think we're going to have a little fun with this one. FSU versus LSU. By the way, we're not spotting FSU points, right? <laughs> yeah, they they they've got to earn it on their own. Remember, they they scored a bunch of points against Duquesne last week. Yeah, um, I'll I'll just go instead. LSU, man, come on, it's Mike Norvell. SEC. Yeah, this ain't this ain't even a question. If if Florida State's offensive line problems didn't just get fixed playing Duquesne, nah. and and LSU has the horses. Yep. I, I'm I'm expecting things to get kind of nasty on that on that front. So, um, an LSU and, that actually didn't like Florida. Both programs quit last year, so so that's our pickums, guys. Y'all agree? Disagree? I mean, you know, we'll we'll see how it shapes out, and maybe next week we'll have a better slate of games to really talk about. Like I said, we're a little hurting this week, but guys, that's that's it, man. It's week one. That's we we strive hard to bring y'all as much factual information and hopefully some strong opinions that y'all like to hear as well. Um, want to give a big shout out to just everybody once again for listening, man. Our numbers just continue to go up and up, and we just can't thank you enough. And we want to give a special shout out to our international listeners. We we checked our we checked our numbers this week, and we were shocked to find out that we have just double digit downloads in Poland and Puerto Rico. And yes, we're aware that. Puerto Rico is a territory, <laughs> but guys, thanks. If if you're in another country and you're listening to us and hopefully you like Florida football or you're just discovering Florida football and we're making you fans, we really appreciate you listening and hope you continue to do so. So guys, with that being said, I say it at the beginning of every episode. I'll say it again. You know, don't forget to download us on all your platforms. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, all of those. Turn your notifications on for the latest and greatest information in Gator football and especially Gator football recruiting. Make sure you um once again give us give us a, you know, give us a view on our YouTube channel. Go check it out. See if you like. You know, we get kind of expressive doing this. You know, we get we get excited and we plan on bringing y'all different videos as well on youtube we're going to clip some of this up in the future so that you can just watch segments maybe instead of watching the whole video at once we know everybody's really busy out there and maybe if you've already downloaded the podcast you don't have time to go through and 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 watch these three guys say the same things over and over again but you want to maybe you just want to hear that one segment that you really liked and listen to that again so we're you know we're constantly striving to get better for you guys and um we welcome all your opinions and your information. The feedback has been phenomenal from everybody, whether, it, I mean, even if it's not positive, because we don't get better, you know, if you're not just getting better, Mike. <laughs> hey, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. That's right. It's a lifestyle. It's a life, there you go. He finished it for me. It's a lifestyle. The man's taught me some things. What can I say? I'm, <laughs> I'm an old dog, but I learned new tricks. So, guys, once again, Thank you so much. Much love to all of Gator Nation. Y'all are the greatest nation on earth. Um, Shout out to uh, Gator Josh, too. 
Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Thank you for mentioning that, Wes. Shout out to Gator Josh. He's been br- giving us a t- tremendous amount of info. Um, and thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate you. And one more shout out to our sponsor, Camwood Supplements. Visit camwoodsupplements.com. Promo code RESPECT20. Saves you 20% on your order. Go give go give them a look. Get you some supplements. Get working out. And uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. RespectOurDCN.com We got all kinds of information dropping there as well. Mike, you got anything you want to add? Yeah, the... Uh... Uh, once again, special shout out to um, flagship underscore Prez on Twitter for uh, helping us out. Our well, that's the original original tweet for the twenty twenty one schedule. Um, some of the losses that uh, um, uh, Utah had. So just want to appreciate that one as well as the BYU quarterback. Um, he he tweeted out some videos about that too, and that's kind of where we got the inspiration to talk about that. Yeah, we're always watching, guys. We're always, you know. We, we love all the interactions we get, and we try to make sure we, we give credit where credit's due all the time. And if we miss something, uh, please do not take it personal. We're, we're still learning on the job here, and we're trying to, like I said, we're trying to get better. And we try to make sure we recognize everybody who's been so kind to us. And with that being said, we're going to kick it to West. Take us home. Yeah, uh, one last thing, too. Uh, we just recently started a Facebook page, so if you guys want to follow us there, if you're on Facebook, please want to get our numbers up there, too. And like her said on YouTube, we just started that. So like and subscribe. So don't subscribe and not hit the like. Like and subscribe. Do that for us as well. We appreciate all that. Um, and to Instagram our veterans as well. There, yeah, Instagram as well. Um, to our veterans, uh, and those who might know veterans, if you uh, know someone or you're a veteran yourself, please hit us up. We do interact with you guys, and we want to – you know, make sure our veterans get the benefits they didn't need as well. Support our troops. Love our country. Go Gators. And we thank you guys. We love you guys for all the support. Uh, it's Wednesday. You guys hit us either tonight or in the morning. Yo, we almost here. So, I mean, Saturday's right around the corner. Throw me a cookout. You guys enjoy. Michael B. Boots on the ground. I don't know if he wanted to tell you guys, but Michael be there in person, Boots on the ground. So, uh, we might have some things from Mike uh, doing the game, tweeting live stuff. Excuse me. Uh, Hirsch is going to hit on that. So I don't want to speak too fast, but that was my thing about uh, that part. So go ahead, Hirsch. My bad. No, no problem. Uh, actually, um, aside from Mike on Saturday, yeah, we're going to have some live reactions, some live photos from Mike in the stands and around the game. Um, I'll be tweeting the game from our account as well. Uh, just personal reactions as we watch. But we also don't want to get out of here without reminding y'all um, starting Sunday night. And coming out live Monday morning, we're going to have our, uh, our uh, second show for y'all called Raw Re- our Respect Our Decision Raw Reactions. We're basically, we're going to jump on here and, and give our takes on the game, man. And, what you know, did it go our way? Did it not go our way? What could have been better? What went great? Did it kind of fit what we thought might be the plan of the game? Um, you know, not super long, just us, just kind of, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback from you know about the game and um that's going to be out every week from here for the rest of the season on monday mornings or sunday evenings depending on when we get it recorded but we can't wait to bring that content to you as well so with that being said guys we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get on out of here it's beat utah baby that's all it is bateman got us bateman got us bateman got us this saturday
you're not Gator, you're Gator bait. Go Gators. Wes said it. Um, <laughs> we love you, Gator Nation. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.